Good afternoon, Sangha. Can you all hear me? So, um, this afternoon I'd like to do something a little bit different. Uh, Thank you, Kate. Uh, This afternoon I'm going to um, lead a guided visualization and compassion practice compassion Allah this uh, wonderful he's actually a Buddhist professor his name is John McCransky John McCransky and people always want the link to his URL after I do this and I'll put the link on the board so I will totally make it available to you So John McCransky is a professor of Buddhist studies at Boston University. And he also has a center for social justice. I really love that. And uh, he has a wonderful rationale of how the Brahma Viharas or the divine abodes are so essential for doing social justice work. And uh, I just wanted to cover some of the reasons why before I uh, lead us in the guided meditation. Well, the first reason is because social justice work and actually um, being a healthcare provider or just working with people as a uh, caregiver or, you know, maybe with people who are um, in the criminal justice system or just people, you know, that you're giving help to people who are in trouble. Um, it, can, it, can, uh, it can really contribute to a lot of burnout. A lot of burnout for people who do social justice work. So, um, in fact, there's a term, there's something called secondary trauma. It's that when we hang around with a lot of people who are hurting a lot that when we take it in you know they we can be uh, traumatized secondarily traumatized and it can lead to burnout and the closing of our heart so um, we need to really know how to access deep places of rest and replenishment for the work that we're trying to do so that's a really very wholesome uh, motivation for developing uh, the Brahma Viharas. Another, uh, just another purpose that uh, Dr. McCrancy talks about is that the means and ends are one. And this is true of this practice that we're doing too, that, um, you know, the experience of awakening is you know, some people call it a profound relaxation. And you can't get there with striving. You know, those two are like opposite. So the means and ends are one. And so when we want to produce love and justice in the world, that we have to do it through love and justice. And, um, you know, it could, you know, it could be absolutely wrathful compassion. You know, it it can be forceful and, and um, you know, expecting an outcome. But 
you know, it has to be based in what we're trying to, what we're trying to create together. Uh, another reason he talks about is um, learning to fully embody the spirit of our work and maybe some of the social justice leaders who have come before us, uh, bringing out our own inner capacity for unwavering compassion. That's it, man. We're all relatives, and we are all perpetrators of greed, hatred, and delusion. I got bad news for you all. (laughs) I'm sure you've all seen that. I see it every single time. I see it every day. So, you know, we want to just embrace people and not vote anybody off the island. We can't. The island is pretty much... We can't vote anybody off the island. And then these practices allow us to be just more fully present, right? And regardless of the work that we're doing, but they allow us to be more fully present. So I'm going to lead this um, meditation by John McCransky. It's actually called the benefactor practice. It's benefactor practice. So just relax. Just totally relax. And uh, to get started, I'd like us to just think about the most benevolent figures that we have in our lives. And many times that's from our childhoods, you know, it could be that we were raised in another spiritual tradition. So we might have um, other spiritual beings as, you know, really deep cultural benefactors. Or maybe we're practice uh, other traditions right now, you know. All of those are welcome in the room. So if we want to, uh, to invoke um, Allah, or to invoke Jesus, or to Nansin, the great uh, Blessed Virgin, or any other, you know, the Buddha, if we want to bring the Buddha in, or if we want to bring in Mother Teresa, or our Deepama, or, or um, maybe Kuan Yin, the great feminine archetype of compassion, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, the Reverend Martin Luther King, or Nelson Mandela, some other real benevolent archetypal figure. Pick your benefactor. And we want to imagine that that benefactor is behind us, standing behind us. And that benefactor is is seeing every single little part of us. If it doesn't work for you to have them behind you, feel free to have them wherever feels comfortable. But the way John does it, it's that they're behind us. Just 
just breathing in our place and having our benefactor behind us. Your benefactor, our benefactor is communing with all of us in the goodness of our very being beyond all limited perceptions of ourselves. Any way that we limit, we limit our view of ourselves, our benefactor sees totally beyond that. Our benefactor is gazing at us with loving compassion sending us wishes of deep wellness and freedom from suffering. Receive the compassionate energy of their wish with your whole being, with your whole body and mind. Completely immerse yourself in the loving energy of your benefactor. Maybe you imagine it as a white light just enveloping you. Sending us deep wishes of well-being. Seeing every little speck of us. So we'll sit and receive the benefactor's love for a while. If you want, you can use phrases imagining them sending you just the most deepest love. Maybe they're saying, I love every inch of you. You deserve deep wellness and love. You deserve to be happy. May you be free from suffering. May you be totally well.
Our benefactors are seeing every little inch of us. All those places we don't think are so attractive and just loving us up. And seeing all of our beautiful qualities. They're saying to us, I care deeply for your suffering. I'm holding your suffering with kindness and gentleness. May you be free from pain and suffering. Now let yourself become aware of physical pain anywhere that you feel it in your body. 
anywhere that you might have pain. And imagine that your benefactor is just sending us unconditional compassion, unconditional love. Communing with us in our goodness, wishing us deeply well, deeply healed and free from suffering. Just physically sense energetically the compassion for our pain in our bodies. I care deeply for your suffering. May you hold your suffering with kindness and gentleness. May you be free from pain and suffering. Feeling any pain or restrictions in our bodies and any anxiety we might have about our health. Let's just feel what that's like. How does that feel in the mind? How does that feel in the heart? To have physical pain or worries. How does that feel? What other feelings come up associated with opening to that dukkha? This is what it means to be human. Now sensing how this pain or this worry might feel for someone else. Maybe you have someone in your life who is having some pain or some worry. Imagine what that might feel like for them.
connecting with our benefactor behind us, recalling how our whole being is being held in absolute compassion. Our feelings are embraced by this thick energy of love from our benefactors. And then sending this love on to our friend or to our person who is also suffering. Sending them this deep wish for their well-being and a deep love of them. Feeling held in compassion and love, every inch of us, and passing along this love to our friend. May you be well. Holding your suffering with kindness and gentleness, may you be free from suffering. be well. May you be well. Now, recall
recall a time in your life that you felt a sense of longing or incompleteness, maybe with an addiction? Just feeling not good enough, incomplete. What does this feel like in the mind? What does this feel like in the heart? What other thoughts or identities come up in association with that? Many other people experience feelings like this. Sense through your own feelings what they feel. Longing is like this, incompleteness is like this. Now recall that our whole being is being held in absolute compassion and love. Our benefactors behind us are looking at us with so much love, seeing every part of us, every part of that longing, of that addiction, of that crankiness. Every part of us is loved. Opening up to this healing energy of compassion, the resiliency of unconditional love. Even at our most difficult,
every little inch of us loved. Now imagine by accepting this love and this healing energy into our own suffering feelings, imagine that you are accepting it for all the suffering people in the world, all the people suffering from addictions, all of the people suffering from deep longing and for a sense of incompleteness. We are taking in this unconditional love, this deep, deep wish for well-being and an end of suffering, taking it in for everyone. Our benefactors are blessing everyone They're saying, I'm holding your suffering with kindness and gentleness. May you be free from pain and suffering. Accepting benevolent love for all the suffering beings. Seeing the benefactors, unconditional acceptance. You are my cherished relative. Let's do one more. So coming back, let's recall a feeling of being 
overlooked, abandoned, lonely, or cut off. A time of being left behind. Opening to that, a memory in our life. How does that feel in the mind? How does that feel in the heart? What does the world look like when you're abandoned and lonely? Many other people experience feelings like this. Sense through your own feelings how they are feeling. Feeling lonely, cut out, feels like this. Humans feel it, other people feel this. Now recall that our whole being is being held by our benefactor. They're behind us, radiating a thick, energetic field of love. Every single atom in our bodies accepted. Now by imagining that we're accepting this loving energy, open to it, accepting this loving energy, we're accepting it for all humans who are feeling lonely and feeling cut off and left behind. accepting this energy for all beings. Every part of us loved, held, 
feeling the pain of all those who suffer loneliness and abandonment and being cut off. And accepting this love for all of us. A deep healing love, an offer of well-being. No part of us left out. And now for the last minutes of our training, of our guided practice. We're feeling the love of our benefactor so completely that the benefactor is walking towards us, coming towards us. And just totally melts into us. The benefactor and us are one. We are the loving energy. We are the benefactor. We are innate love and wisdom. compassion, radiating in all directions, acceptance, healing,
We are Kuan Yin. We are the Buddha. We are Tunanseen and the Blessed Virgin. I think Kate should answer the questions. <laughs> Kate's a teacher too. Any questions? I can't hear you. What? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, uh, John McCransky has this incredible website where you can download like probably six different guided meditations like that. He actually offers a training, particularly for social justice activists in um, the Brahma Viharas as a way to just build up the strength and intention for work. Yeah, his work is really good. He has a book called uh, Awakening Through Love. That's his book, Awakening Through Love. Yes? He's, uh, he's a professor of Buddhist studies Yeah, at Boston College. Again, if you guys email me, I have a couple of his articles and <laughs> I'm happy to share them. So if you email me, I'm happy to send them all out to you. But, you know, it's all about development of it right here. We don't want to be all, ah. You know, I'll say this about um, the nature of awareness. Many of you have probably heard, uh, you know, the Thai forest tradition, Ajahn Chah. They have this wonderful idea of the nature of awareness. They say that awareness has three qualities to it. The first quality, of course, is that it is that it knows things, right? It's luminous. That's how they talk about knowing things. It knows. The second quality is that it's really grounded and strong. 
It's like the earth, you know, you could throw a pile of crap on the earth and the earth says, bring it, you know. It's really, it really is equanimous, I guess, in that way. And then the third quality, this is so beautiful. The third quality of awareness when it's not clouded with a lot of defilements is that it always has the right response in the world. It always knows what to do in the moment. The most appropriate response. There's a, you know, a couple of free downloads on Dharma Seed by Ajahn Suchito about those. They're really worth listening to. Yeah, I'll put it on the board. Ajahn Suchito, yeah. They're really excellent. Phoenix? But, you know, that's, um, that's where some of our richest work can be done, is to realize that even though we have these, you know, we think that we're creating all these stories. I know many of you have heard me say this, but, you know, we think that we sit on our cushions and we're doing deep practice and, you know, we're creating all these stories about our childhood, about who we are you know, about our last relationship or about the job that we should have gotten or about what we should do with our lives. We think that we're creating all these stories. But the truth is that these stories are creating us. You know, it's these repeated sankharas, these mental habit patterns that are creating us. And it's exactly, you know, not that's why when these come up, you know, we hold them with, you know, as strong mindfulness as we can. And we just see, you know, energetically how they feel. And we feel, uh, you know, what they do to us psychologically and emotionally, but without the story, you know, without I'm this way because of this. We feel the energy, we feel the emotion, but, you know, we hold it in strong mindfulness. And, you know, we, when we can do that, when we can see kind of like that pattern, what we do is we decondition it. We bring this type of unconditional love and open and just see how, you know, that's not true. I mean, the story might be true, but our happiness is absolutely not, you know, our happiness, our well-being at least, is not dependent on us not having that background. 
you know, we can either carpet the whole world and change it so nothing bad happens to anyone, or we could put on shoes. And that's what we're doing. And we're realizing that, you know, it's possible to have deep sukha, deep well-being, even with those histories. And, you know, when we can do that, oh my gosh, you know, we're part of an exquisite club where people who are suffering like that can look to us and say, wow, that person has the same background and they're have a, you know, a lot of well-being, a lot of resilience. I want that. Yes? And the practice that I have been working with uh, someone who actually dies from his suffering. And uh, the understanding I had it, it leaves an imprint. And I was, um, I was wondering, um, what do you think about that? Do you think it's possible? That it's an imprint? That someone who died is an imprint? Who's died? I think so. And actually, this, uh, I think it's on the 8th or 9th. I'm going to, you know, I, I said during one of these things that my uh, partner's aunt and uncle had died within like two or three days of each other. And I'm going to a 49-day ceremony the week that I get back. And um, we're going to be sending compassion to them. So in that Buddhist tradition there... Buddhist Church of America, Jodo Jinsu Buddhism. Um, you know, some pe- people have different ideas about that. But the question is, is it wholesome for us, for this mind-body process to send compassion to people who are past? I think so. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about what's happening here, Right? I think that's a very sweet and noble thing to do. I don't want to interrupt your quiet if there's no more questions. You can walk around for the next month as your benefactor. (laughs) Channeling the benefactor. Yes? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, how beautiful. Mm-hmm. Actually, John McCransky, you, you guys might be able to tell from that meditation, he's a Tibetan practitioner. And that's actually a little variation of Tonglen practice. Right? Taking in... Uh, connecting with all other people who are suffering at a moment. You know, just really connecting with the common humanity of suffering and realizing it's not personal. And then just also, you know, connecting also with our ability to love deeply people who are very, you know, like us, who are perps, right? I mean, if we deserve love, doesn't everybody? I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to hang out with them at all, but they deserve love. What Tibetan, yeah, Vajrayana practice. Actually, Pima Chodron has a few books on it. It's really a very beautiful practice. I think they call it Lojung, Lojung practice. Okay, have a wonderful rest of the day.